0: I am an actuary.
1: I am an
0: actuary. I am an actuary. Welcome to the We Are Actuaries podcast, where you'll meet leaders who use their actuarial powers to solve a range of problems and make a real difference. I am your host, Julia Lessing, and I'm a qualified actuary based in Australia. I help senior leaders use data to solve complex, people oriented problems. So settle in, learn from the best and be inspired. Hi, everyone. Today I'm talking to Laura Chow. Laura is a fully qualified actuary, a fellow of the Institute of Actuaries of Australia. Born and bred in China, she moved to Sydney 10 years ago and started her family here. Laura is currently a senior underwriter at Freely, a travel insurance startup. And prior to that, she held roles at IAG and Suncorp in pricing and data analytics. In her spare time, she enjoys building Lego sets and traveling with her family. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank
1: you, Julia. I'm very flattered to be here.
0: (laughs) I'm excited that you're here for our very first podcast interview as well. It's super exciting. It is. So, Laurie, you told us that um, you weren't born in Australia. Can you tell us a little bit about your background?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So I was born and grown up in China, Um, moved to Sydney 10 years ago. And when I first came here, I didn't really know anyone. Um, But I do know what I wanted to do, which is become actually one
0: day. Hmm. So you came here and you didn't know anyone. What was that like for you, moving and not knowing anyone? Um, it was generally
1: pleasant, um, as most people I met um, are very friendly and helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, there are like a bit of up and downs like throughout the journey. Um, I guess the most difficult part for me is really to build uh, trust and connections because everyone I met um, is a stranger to me and also I'm a stranger to them. I'm not their family or high school friends. Um, So maintaining the connections, uh, I find it's particularly difficult. Um, And also I have to admit in the first few years when I came to Australia, I'm very shy away from speaking English because I'm worried about my accent and I couldn't speak English very well, um, so that adds difficulty to make more friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess after that, I gradually um, came to realize I shouldn't be constantly worried about things. It's okay to sound silly or say something silly.
0: So yeah, here I am. <laughs> I can't imagine what that must be like, feeling like you're in a new place and you don't know people and, you, like you said, you don't have high school friends here and also the language um, difference and barrier. I I can't, I I only speak English. I can't even start to imagine how challenging that would have been for you coming to a new country without those contacts and without feeling like you were a native uh, English speaker as well.
1: Yeah, appreciate that. Um, I think many international students um probably have been through a similar journey like me. Like when they first came here, they don't really know anyone. Um, and gradually, like, um, make more friends. Um, and you know, build up your connections. Um, I think that really really helped me, and also. Being able to find a job here,
0: um, I think that really helped me settle in as well.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: So having a job, having some time to build those connections and having the confidence to speak English and talk to people and start to build those contacts, all those things have helped you to settle in here.
1: Yeah, that's right. It all comes with practice, I think, Mm -hmm. like uh, especially the verbal
0: ones um, you just need to be brave to talk to people Mm, mm. and even for native English speakers I think being brave to talk to people and to to build other skills I think that can be challenging as well so even more so when it's not your first language so Laurie you also said that you moved to Australia to become an actuary so what's the story behind that yeah, um
1: so I first heard of the term actually when I was in year twelve. Mm-hmm. Um and I was looking to what to study uh, for my university. Um and my mentor back then told me um there were only a handful of actors in China and that did strike me um because I want mm-hmm. to um do something that not many people have done before and be a bit different. So um that's how I came like to Australia,
0: like uh, to study actuarial and also to become an actuary. Mm -hmm. So you wanted to do something a little bit different, um, but also not many actuaries in China, which is really interesting to me when you think about the population size. Yeah,
1: it's probably um back then. Um, but now the story might be a bit different. There are a lot more universities in China offering actuarial studies, and um, a lot of um, I guess Chinese study actuarial overseas, and then um, they went back to China as well. So there, the I guess the yeah, it will be very different now.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so, but for you, coming to Australia was a good way for you to pursue your actuarial studies. Yeah, back then it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, Laura, you're also a working mum with a young son. And, in fact, this is something that you and I have in common, isn't it, that we both graduated from university with our caps and gowns and a baby in our arms. Can you tell us a bit about what it was like for you getting qualified and building your career while also parenting your son?
1: Yeah, um, I'm smiling now because I'm making it finally. Um, but it wasn't easy at all. So uh, I had my baby when I was studying for my master's degree, uh, and he's seven years old now. Um, I remember like combining the motherhood with my entire fellowship journey was uh, very challenging for my family and myself. Um, I vividly remember those exam results days. I went into office and expecting to see my name on the past list. But it's not there. And no. it's just very emotional moments, like when you think back um all the efforts and also the time you didn't spend with your family and sound. Um so lots of um tears, <laughs> those tough days. Um so I did call my husband um during those times and just talk to him and he'll tell me yeah, it's okay, we can do it next time and we will do it together. And because he saw me how I studied, um, basically he would also help me to think about what else I could do for next semester and what else he could do to support me better. So definitely a large credit goes to my family support. Um, and yeah, I'm here
0: because of their support as well. mm. mm. It's hard to get through those fellowship exams for anyone, but when you also have a child to care for, there's so many more dimensions, isn't there? And, and like you said, you're smiling now, but there were lots of tears back in those days when, you know, you, you make that sacrifice and you miss out on that time with your son to try and get through an exam. And then when you don't get through, it can be heartbreaking. Exactly, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But,
0: yeah, now it's,
1: uh, yeah just memories, some and <laughs> it's all behind yeah, I'm you
0: I'm glad I, I still
1: yeah made it finally
0: yeah yeah and and great sounds like great teamwork at home as well with you and your husband sharing the care of your son and supporting each other and his support of you getting through your exams and um not just that emotional response to not getting through but also that practical support in what else could you do differently next time or how can we support you as well because it's so it's such hard work to get through those exams
1: yeah definitely um i think it's very um important like um having support and seek help um even like if you don't have a family you can still like seek help um and i think it just um
0: really helps yeah Mm, mm. we all need help don't we it's very there's very few very few things we can get through all by ourselves without support so good to seek the support where you can and and find it where you can as well yeah so so having recently qualified then Laura what can you tell us what's the um what do you enjoy most about being part of the actuarial profession Yes, um, I'm very proud to be an
1: actuary Um, and I have to say this a large part is due to um, the great support um, like within the actuarial profession. We just have the culture of helping out each other and also uh, supporting the younger actuaries um i remember i was um very thankful like for my mentors um help and basically he told me his mentors helped him the similar way by passing on lots of gen um knowledge generously and i think that did um strike me back then like i'm very proud to be in such a great profession that has the culture of um supporting and mentoring each other because mm-hmm. um the nature of actuarial work is very complex and uncertain. And um, a lot of the knowledge is gained by talking to others. Um, so we definitely um, have a very great culture uh, to support learnings and professional development. Um, so, yeah, I am very proud to be an actress.
0: You're listening to the We Are Actuaries podcast brought to you by the Guardian Actuarial Leadership Program. If you're looking for a tailored training program to help you build your communication and leadership skills, registrations are now open. Head over to guardianactuarial.com.au for more information. I'm glad to hear that, Laura, and I'm glad to hear that you are feeling and experiencing that culture of support because I think it is one of the great things about being part of our, our small profession um, and a, a highly skilled profession that we, we do support each other and there is a great culture there, I think, of mentoring and supporting and sounding providing sounding boards to each other and um back to your earlier point i mean that that just supports how we can um progress as professionals and progress in our careers by having that support uh professionally as well yes definitely yeah uh, that's very good um so tell me um tell me a bit about your first management experience because that can be a really challenging time for people when they're moving out of uh that technical those technical roles that we spend so many years getting through those exams and then moving into a management role where you're working with other people and and getting work done through others. Um, Tell us a little bit about that and and what did you find most challenging about that transition? Yes, certainly.
1: Um, So it's better than I expected Um, because I had an analyst who was really good at communication. He would come to me proactively, asking me questions and he took out my feedback really well. So I find it very satisfying experience to um, see people grow and learn over the time. Um, the most difficult part um, probably is around the balance between how much I should tell versus like how much he should learn by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, because as much as I want to like busy and help all the time, um, it means missed opportunities um, for him to really explore and learn things by himself, and it's a good for the longer term development. Um, but at the same time, I want to give enough guidance um, so he is not going to um, the down to the rabbit hole. Um, so just finding that balance right and. I was like learning it uh, as I was um, going through that
0: journey. Mm, mm. It is a hard balance to strike, isn't it? Because, and and sometimes it's a different balance depending on the experience of your analyst. So some some analysts will need a bit more hand-holding, but some of them need a bit more room. And that's not even necessarily just because of their experience. It could be just because of their style or their personality or their preference. So... It can be yeah. challenging to work that through. What did you do to um, work out what the right balance was for your analyst? How did you How did you work through that?
1: Yeah, uh, good question. Um, so basically, it's about knowing each other, and as you said, like know each other's style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about regular um, catch up and really checking to see. Um, how we are going, how do you find if I have given you enough guidance or not. Mm. Um, So it's really about um, the regular um, check-ins. And also, I guess the other thing I did was uh, having a regular reflection sessions. Um, So not talking about work, just reflecting uh, how are you going and how how do you think I I am um, as a mentor to you? Um, so that was um, quite helpful
0: right so checking in regularly but also not just talking about the work talking about how the work's working talking about the process yeah yeah Mm -hmm. fantastic great advice um so, um, so you, you've you recently moved into this new role at Freely. It's a, a sort of a non-traditional sort of actuarial role, I suppose, or a quite a different role from what you've done before. Can you tell us a little bit about this new role and what you find interesting about it? Yeah,
1: 100%. I'm very, very excited to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently joined Freely about two months ago Um and it's a startup company um, provided by Covermore, which is now part of Zurich. Um, it's a very um, untraditional career path for actress, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so my title is senior on the um, but to um, a lot of actresses, uh, it's not a usual title um, or the usual career path. In my current role, it means a combination of the product development and the pricing actuary role. I'm heavily involved in like the p- new product development and um, constantly testing out new ideas uh, with the team. Um, and I find the most interesting part is really work with some very diverse background people. And I find it's quite important for actresses to do that. Like um, it's a step out of your comfort zone because mm. um, it's easier talking to actresses. Um, but when you try to convince stakeholders from different backgrounds, it's a different story and it requires different communication uh, skill set. I'm still learning it. Um, and, I work with a very um, variety of um, stakeholders, like marketing, um, design, IT, um, claims, operations. Um, so, yeah, I'm really start to see a bigger picture, um, and also think more holistically and more around the business context, mm-hmm. um, and really help me uh, with my development. So, yeah, very
0: exciting new role and an exciting new challenge for me. You sound very excited about it, Laura. And and it also sounds like even though it was maybe an unexpected or unconventional sort of next career step, it also sounds like it's providing an amazing opportunity for you to build a whole different skill set in communicating with non-actuaries. And I'm curious to know a little bit more about like what, well, maybe what, what you found different about talking to non-actuaries or how you found it, um, you know, how you've been building those skills to communicate differently. Like what is it you, you said that we it's easy to talk to actuaries because we all kind of speak the same language. We've all had the same background and training. But, um, yeah, what are you finding challenging or what are you finding helpful in communicating with non-actuaries? Yes. Um,
1: so I guess... The learnings for me is really um, having a bigger picture and context. So setting up the scene uh, first Mm -hmm. when you're talking to the stakeholders and that really helps drive why we are here, um, what's our objective. So having that expectation uh, set up front can help you flow, flow your story. Because mm-hmm. you um, basically, or we, we are actually like doing all the numbers work and looking into the technical details. Um, but what does that translate to business language? And um, how does that help uh, with different stakeholders needs? Mm-hmm. So I find understanding the agenda of different stakeholders and setting up the objective upfront, um, it's very critical.
0: And that will help your story flow better, basically. Mm. So being clear about the objective of the conversation and understanding the agenda of the non actuaries that you're talking to. And then that sets the scene so that you can have a more productive conversation and, and stay on track with your message and your story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic, Laura, and such an important skill for so many of us, um, especially as we're branching out and working outside our actuarial teams and and communicating with different professionals. That common ground, that clear common objective, and understanding the other person's agenda as well so so powerful. Really important skills for all actuaries to have. Yeah,
1: and the other thing I want to add is um. I'm working with a lot of non-insurance background people, and mm-hmm. they have amazing new ideas. And they always have like, um, yeah, different different new ideas they want to test out. Um, but being actually an insurance background people, um, it does constantly um, push me thinking um, under the insurance context: uh, Are we doing this in a responsible way? Um, so. That's something um, I've been constantly thinking about and also um, trying to communicate with the stakeholders when it comes to the discussions and um, testing our new ideas and being innovative mm. and in a responsible way. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That sounds so fascinating. So being able to access people from a different background or a non-insurance background and they've got different ideas and different ways of doing things and being able to share those ideas means that together we can do some new and great things so how interesting yes <laughs> sounds very interesting so okay so so before this role though you were in a pricing role a more sort of traditional actuarial type pricing role so there, that's quite different so I'm a bit curious <clears throat> about how you kind of decided to move out of that pricing role into this very different role and if you could tell us a little bit about how you make career decisions and how you made that choice. Yeah, sure. So I
1: have been pricing for five years. Um, I've always loved the pricing role because I always learning new things out of each pricing project. Um, I did start to feel a bit itchy doing something different. Mm. So I started to talking um some of my mentors, including you, Julia. We talked. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you provided me a value list to which I created a value exercise out of it. And that really helped me
0: because
1: mm. it really helped me to understand and know myself better what's important to me. And out of that exercise, I find development and the work I do is very important to me. So I basically needed something that can stimulate um, my development um, in a fast-paced way, Mm. which the new role did. And this is the right opportunity when it came up.
0: Hmm. Mm. I loved what you did with that values list, Laura, because I mean, so for those of you who don't know the the values list, it's just a list of words, isn't it? It's just a list of values to sort of prompt um, <clears throat> your thinking about what's important to you and what's important to you as a person and at work. But what you did with that list, Laura, was you turned it into a model. You You actually turned that in and sort of created some weightings and, you know, a nice little spreadsheet model that you could use to sort of, um, you know, put some inputs in and actually have that give you some insight or compare some different options um, to put a little bit of actuarial rigor behind your career decision. It's very, it was very good. Thanks, Julia. You make it sound quite fancy, <laughs> but it was uh, just a simple scorecard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, it was really good. Um, but it was really helpful for you, wasn't it? Just to sort of work out. Um, what was important and to to drive your decision, not just based on what, what you thought you should do next or what someone else was telling you should, you should do next, but actually based on what was important to you and, and your values. And it sounds like that's worked really well because I can hear the excitement in your voice now that you are in this new role and the excitement um, that you're sharing about the new role as well. So it sounds like it's been a, an excellent move for you. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> So, Laura, you've told us about your background growing up in China, why you decided to be an actuary, how you moved to Sydney to study actuarial and you've started your family here. You've talked about the challenge of uh, becoming qualified and getting through the fellowship exams with a young son and with the support of your husband. You've talked about how um, wonderful it is to be part of the actuarial profession and how proud you are to be part of this profession and how wonderful that supportive culture is that we have within the profession to help each other and to mentor each other. You've also talked with great excitement about your new role at Freely and how you made the decision to step into that new role and One of the things that you're enjoying about it is working with people who are non-actuaries and what you're learning from that and um, the opportunities that that's creating for your career but also for the business, um, for everyone to to really benefit from that stepping outside your comfort zone and doing something new. And so what I'd like to wrap up with is my final question to you today, Laura, which is what's your top tip for other young actuaries who are hoping to build their careers? volunteer
1: so the most practical advice i can give to the younger actress because building network is important and building network in an effective way um is even more important and you get to work with someone or you know through the volunteering or through any other like program uh, that's of interest to you the connection is closer and deeper and that's how you meet people in a or build connection with people in an effective way and i met my current manager, Michael, so volunteering um, in the Young Data Analytics Working Group a few years back. And also we reconnected in your uh, leadership program. Mm. So that really helped. um, And basically... I think just get out there and meet people. Um, You never know who you're going to meet and who you will become friends with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What great advice, Laura. Volunteer and just put yourself out there and you never know where that will go. It's a great, great piece of advice for young actuaries wanting to build their careers. Laura, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed hearing more about your story and what you're up to these days. Um, And I loved hearing your advice for other actuaries as well. So thank you so much for the interview. Thank you, Julia. (laughs) So there you have it, real-life stories and practical tips from a leader using their actuarial superpowers to make a difference in the world. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to get in touch, subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your network. You'll find details from today's interview in the show notes below and on our website, www.guardianactuarial.com.au. Until next time.